0: taken. There's, how am I sounding in this?
1: I think you're sounding fine right now did you start recording without well, me knowing again? of course I did, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sort of a tradition. At this I point, actually, I should expect it. Can I share that I enjoy your surprise <laughs> <laughs> every time? <laughs> it's such a delight to me. <laughs> I don't know if that's like Lucy... And Charlie Brown in the football. It's not really like that, because in my view of it, you kind of are delighted by the fact.
0: I mean, it's kind of fun. Sure. <laughs> it shows that we are indeed inherently human, and we can be surprised even if we expect it every time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And the other good thing is
0: spontaneity. Ooh, yeah. That's you know, that's what we're going for, our brand that we're we talked about. We are, we are, you know.
1: And it's not as, it, you know, one reason I do it is because I'm, like, supremely uh, confident that we will have something to say.
0: You know what? And, you know, every single time that we've done this, we've always had something to say and something to say for 45 minutes straight. <laughs> I which know. is... A phenomenal task in and I, I of itself. I think,
1: you know, just to go off the beam here for a while, just meta comment on us. That <laughs> is a real pleasure. And I've since talking to you on yeah. this level, where it always seems to lead to some discussion or other. That I've noticed that it can happen with other people too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That their personalities are such that, uh, in some way, that I'm not necessarily getting a handle on um with certain people anything any words i happen to say trigger or to my mind interesting response on the other person
0: i mean there everybody has different vibes with different people i agree with you i think that has a lot to do with it and even if you don't think about it or you're not aware of it, at some in some capacity there is an energy flowing between each and every person. And if it's just not there, it's not there. But sometimes, you know, kind of like you and I, there's it's something.
1: It's yeah. Otherworldly. And uh and therein is that idea of luxury. I mean it's one of the pleasures of life. I don't know. <laughs> and uh right now, uh, you know, I'm in the process of trying to uh sort of uh, monetize it with you, get us on the radio or yeah. something you
0: know.
1: we'll 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 see <laughs>
0: actually start getting happens. paid for this, yeah,
1: but you are discovering you're doing some self discovery on your own. It has nothing to do with me, like um i don't know. We talked this week briefly while I was at the pool about acting, and um, you may be going in that direction to some extent
0: <laughs> well. Yeah, uh, a little bit. So before we get into that, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, this is Inherently Human episode. Ah, I forgot <laughs> the format! Oh, Stick you to are... the script, I Jim. admire
1: that <laughs> in you. That, you know what? That is total discipline. Thank you. I'm in awe. That is very cool. <laughs> so why don't you uh, just do whatever it is? Uh, right. I sort of forget. what is it
0: <laughs> we have to do here? Uh here, would you like to follow my lead? I sure would. Hold my hand as we cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is inherently human. Episode twenty-seven. My name is That's Aiden Board. That's right. Abord. My name is Jim Newman. And we're so happy for y- us, uh, for y'all to join us. Uh, about four welcome. minutes in, uh, before yeah. we let you know what you're actually listening to. But... I know
1: we got this. Uh, no, I, I can't put it on you. I yeah, cannot. How dare you I have try to, to own it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I got distracted. And the other issue, you know, that we use as part of our brand, we were talking just before we turned on the Before he system.
0: surprised me. Yes. <laughs> we were talking
1: about our brand. brand. And part of our brand is intergenerational geekery. Ooh. According to this woman that monitored something <laughs> that uh, Aiden and I recorded, she said she loved our intergenerational geekery. <laughs> geekery. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm 73
0: and I'm 21. Yeah. So that's that solves the first part of that. Now sure. the real question is the geekery part of it. Now I don't know what she <laughs> meant. What are we geeking out about?
1: Oh, well, okay, one thing that we cannot show the audience and this oh, yeah. is really regrettable is that oh, Aiden right. and I have been toying with the idea of doing a music radio show where he and I are both disc jockeys and we discuss music. And we do so, of course, from our own perspectives. And since I'm 52 years older than him, of course I'm going to have a different perspective, I guess.
0: And yet it's it's similar enough that we yeah. still enjoy the music that we're listening to and we can uh, put it together really well and have a conversation that's kind of wholesome and really... As upbeat as possible, despite some of the music choices that we had. Yeah. But uh, so we tried having this demo, and we tried putting it on Facebook, and I think we've talked about this on an earlier episode. Maybe,
1: maybe in some uh, some capacity. Yeah. But uh,
0: Sony, Sony Pictures, Pictures Media, something. Sony blocked us. Uh, they they tried to claim copyright on the music that well, we had. They
1: did, and they did. Um, mask or delete, or in some manner that I don't understand, removed their music from our demo. I thought that we had a certain number of seconds we could use as so-called fair comment. Turns out that their bots that they've unleashed on the Internet don't think so. That we are unable to use any of their music, so we cannot, I mean, uh, Aiden and I can certainly use the demo with music to try to get a job on an actual radio station. We can send it out, we just can't post it. So, can't um,
0: monetize off of it. Yeah, and the, <laughs>
1: and the reason my friend Roberta was able to comment is because it's a big file, but I uh, put it on one of the file services, and um, so she was able to listen to the music with no problem, and she said that we have intergenerational geekery, and...
0: You so. know what? And I think that's the best way to to describe us. Wholesome, intergen- intergenerational geekery. Well, we share,
1: uh, it's unavoidable, and I don't think I can define what I mean, but... It's unavoidable to say that we share some kind of perspective, even if it's not based on experience, and it can't be, because your experience, of course, is very different than mine. And limited. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, everybody is, but whatever it is that we bring to the party when you and I are talking, um... Resonates seemingly with the other, and when we talk about music, it might seem really geek-like. Yeah. Because, I don't know, there, there I'm a, a bit at a loss. Uh, I,
0: we got really excited when we talked about the music. Yeah, and uh, that's true. We did. <laughs> and so it might just be the perception of obsessiveness, mm. or, you know, if you're getting that excited... About what we're talking about, you know, you kind of, you, you kind of are geeky.
1: Yeah, so there's nothing wrong
0: with that, and I appreciate it if anything.
1: Well, the and The other uh, aspect of this is language choice. I mean, it's pretty clear. Like on uh, the the woman that we were celebrating on this demo, uh, her name is apparently Aine A N E Aine Brune. Yep. B-R-U-N with, what is that, umlauts over the U to make it a long...
0: The double double dots. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you referred to Ain Brun as sounding so tender that she seemed like a kitten.
0: (laughs) I don't know if I used those words.
1: You actually did use the word kitten. I did. Yes. Solid. And uh, so (laughs) I think that... Uh, someone hearing that kind of precise language, a uh, really artful consideration of something that most people, it just goes in and out of their heads. Mm. You know, they don't care enough about the music to say anything descriptive about it. But we, you and I, like to put a descriptive, meaningful label on a lot of things. And that could be perceived as geekery, I think.
0: A little bit. Yeah. We're overthinking a lot. No, well,
1: I, are, <laughs> we, are we really or are we literally absolutely thinking when other people don't? Uh,
0: I remember our catchphrase from the beginning of the podcast was talking about all the things you already know about yeah
1: yes yes
0: and i think a lot of people do listen to music and i try to put their own meaning behind it and it's just nice to have that inherently human podcast jim and aiden touch on I agree. maybe something that they didn't think about a whole lot before and also we've been using some pretty obscure music uh, we ha- well, that was a point.
1: Yeah. yeah. We were curating stuff that comes on streaming services but isn't going to get on the radio. Mm-mm. And we act like people trying to grab a slab of the avalanche and keep it so that other people can examine it. You yeah. know, I mean music that will just go over people's heads and around them and it's gone and forgotten mm-hmm. because we're on to the next big thing, you know? Right. But we stop that process. Right in its tracks. Yeah. And that's what's going to make us a lot of money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> going so far against the grain.
1: <laughs> yeah. But so see, that's, crazy, the it just might work. that's the geekery. That's the geekery. Because uh, I'll bet you that if somebody were to actually be listening to this star national radio show at is in the future still, but inevitable. Inevitable, that um, when they hear you describe a Brune as sounding kitten-like, they're going to say, "Yeah, yeah, that's right. She sounds kitten-like to me too." <laughs>
0: uh, if what was the name of the song? Her the I song that we had listened to. I
1: want to know what love is. That's the I wanna one. know what love is.
0: So if y'all want to go ahead check that out, I'm pretty sure it's YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Oh yeah. Ain Brun.
1: Ain Brun.
0: Uh, I wanna know what love is. See, See for yourself. See how kitten like the voice is. I know,
1: you know, and we Aiden and I are like frustrated DJs. We wanna share with the world. <laughs> we had a great Oh, man. Okay. Now I'm really getting into the weeds. We got to stop. We got to (laughs) focus on a topic. But we had a great
0: conversation
1: before we turned
0: on the microphone. Yeah. Now we just started tooting our own horn for about. (laughs) No, that's what we did. Oh, (laughs) God. Hard shift.
1: um, Good for you, man. I'm all for that.
0: Yeah. Thank you, I appreciate it. Sure. Um, So, something that I remember talking to you about just a little bit yesterday, and I wonder if you thought about it at all after I left. Um, So, I try to adhere to this philosophy or this way of living, uh, where I personally believe that everybody is born with a gift and a curse in their life. Mm. Do you remember me talking about that? Yeah, I do remember that. And so sometimes these gifts and curses can be very minimal they can be huge and impactful on people's lives uh and you know it's it's your philosophy to figure these out now for me personally what i have identified as my gift and curse and this is exactly why i created the philosophy um i don't know if i can call call it a philosophy no let's go with that okay let's go with that for for lack of a better term yeah uh So essentially, uh, my gift is that anytime I go to a shop, a grocery store, a restaurant, anything like that, uh, I always show up just before it gets really, really busy. Mm. So, uh, if you ever go to a restaurant with me, uh, just let it be known that it'll be busy after we leave, um... But my curse is that anything that I try to plan extensively will ultimately fail. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh the summer trip that I talked about in an earlier episode where I was supposed to be gone lifeguarding for a month, month and a half, camping everywhere. Uh that was unfortunately cancelled due to all the wildfires. Um you know, right off the top of my head, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm blank with all the times that I've tried to plan something and it's fallen through, probably because my brain wants to block all that out. Okay,
1: but you have the <laughs> impression that it's true yes. anyway.
0: I feel like a lot of times, uh, unless someone else plans specifically as like the main planner, it won't go well with me being the only person doing it. Mm. And it'll always fail for one reason or another. And that is the curse that I live with.
1: But on a character level, see, I think it's more interesting if you start looking at gifts like your intelligence. Yeah. Okay. That's a real gift. I Mm. mean, I can say, and I kind of believe it's true, that I can always find a parking place.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Is that that your, your gift?
1: It. One, <laughs> the trouble is, though, if there are other people in the car and I find that parking place, I'm going to miss the curb in some way and have to pull back out, Ooh. and people are going to start laughing at me. Because so... that's, that's the curse of my <laughs> ability to find a parking place. I can't really park. <laughs> that might someone just be someone else in
0: the car man maybe that's just uh stage fright i think you're right yeah yes, yes. no nope, we're back sorry about that everybody we had a bit of a technical difficulty a bit of a misclick on our part but right. don't worry we're safe it's okay uh Jim was just telling me about how he gets stage fright when he tries to park with people in the car. Right. And uh you know, <laughs> I
1: think whatever part of my brain would be doing the calculation. Yeah. That would allow me to park with grace. You know how people just smoothly move in. Oh yeah. And they act like they didn't even notice cuz course it always happens that way for me. They I mean, I'm always parking. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think, of, oh, you know, <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, so
0: humble. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm just that kind of person. I don't know. But as Aiden said, it's a gift. So, but see, I don't really have that gift. But what about when you get into things that are really core to a person things that are truly inherently human like a person's creativity Uh intelligence um i don't know emotional balance what are the variables do you suppose they are uh and and what are the the positives and negatives when it comes to those things
0: that's a whole fucking lot yeah (laughs) So, oh, man, with intelligence and creativity, I feel like both of those things can be... Uh, oh, what what am I thinking of here? Both of those things can be nurtured and created. And the more you practice something like that and the more you're uh, into it, the better it can be. So you might be born subjectively uh, with a finite amount of intelligence or creativity like you you have a cap Mm -hmm. but of course creativity and intelligence really comes down to context and eye beholder kind of thing um because what i'm seeing up here in my head you know is beautiful or at least in my mind it is my creativity makes me believe that it is and so whether or not that's perceived uh, similarly to other people, you know that's on them, but uh creativity and intelligence really it depends on what you decide to nurture and what you decide to grow as a person
1: right, but let's say you really have a gift at it so yeah. and let's say that the parameters of the gift are that when you produce Uh, An element from your creativity, like be it a painting or a sculpture or something you write, it doesn't matter. People are going to see that it's creative. Mm -hmm. They're going to like it. Yeah. Okay. So what's the downside to that? If you have that gift. Of just
0: pure creativity.
1: Yeah. And people say, oh, my God, I love your work, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) I can say that for myself.
0: I would say it. I love oh, your work, Jim. Thank you, man. <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't know, for my 21st birthday, Jim gave me one of his paintings. Yeah. And uh, I love that painting.
1: Absolute and favorite nobody painting. Nobody more deserving than Aiden, in my view.
0: Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Yeah. I Every day I look at that painting. I love that, man. <laughs> uh, anyways, so, sorry, what was it?
1: Well, I mean, uh, if we're assuming that your model, as proposed, is uh, for every gift, there's a curse. And if your gift is creativity Mm -hmm. as an artist, then do you have an idea of what the curse, the corollary curse, Mm -hmm. the connected curse to that gift might be? What is
0: it? So... I think what makes this, excuse me, uh, this philosophy a little bit unique in some way is that the the gift and the curse don't have to be related. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So like with mine, for example, sure, I can show up to a restaurant and it's just before it gets really busy. You know, Mm -hmm. I got my food and then all of a sudden six groups decide to come in. (laughs) Yes. Uh. That I feel like that doesn't have enough correlation with my curse, which is anything I plan will fail
1: mm. and oh, so okay so they're not connected
0: yeah, they don't okay. have to be connected and so what that does is that allows a lot of uh, creativity if you will, but also a lot of uh, personal self insight because you have to think, you know what am I? weirdly good at like what have i noticed as a trend that i can do that most other people can't or a lot of other people struggle with right right you know it, it was never really a practice skill yeah and then you you identify that and of course maybe the the curse that you quote unquote might have uh is related you know with this creativity what's the curse of immense creativity i remember us having the conversation at the pool what's the curse of uh great humor mm-hmm. you know being that that person uh are the the conversation kind of steered towards uh, famous actors who suffered highly from <clears throat> depression and things like that, such as Robin Williams and Chris Farley. Uh, yeah. Lots those of those guys. People that we, we never would have thought, uh, you know, were suffering from this kind of thing because they put out this humorous.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: And so, you know, maybe that's, that's something about it. That's a gift that they had was that they could make the world laugh and, such unique and amazing ways um but you know they have to personally suffer for it and there's their curse
1: but you brought up an interesting point which is that maybe those two things aren't connected yeah like maybe whatever fueled robin williams to be a great comedian might not be what destroyed him might not have to do with his depression, mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, I think that's unlikely, though, don't you? I mean,
0: I don't think I know enough about uh Robin Williams, especially. Yeah, I don't know, know then, about him,
1: but just you know, generally, uh, you look at lives of Vincent van Gogh, we also yeah. talked about him, he seemed to be uh, tortured and isolated person Mm -hmm. and demonstrably unhappy in his life is it possible that he somehow because he was a square peg in a round hole and never was going to fit in any way anywhere that all his energy everything positive in him went into his personal obsession with painting pictures and that whatever the chemistry of that demand, that obsession that he based his life on, then created the wonderful works. I mean, it was compensatory. You could say that maybe, that he was compensating for his unhappiness by losing himself in, you know, the canvas, trying to right. just paint, just mindlessly <clears throat> yeah. paint, 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 because otherwise the pain was too great. I mean, so there is that kind of connection Mm -hmm.
0: oh absolutely i you buy that oh yes uh i think a lot of creativity and a lot of uh great works and you know a lot of good power that comes from people uh deviates or delineate no my words are wrong but it it originates that's the word i'm looking for it originates from or at least it can from this source of pain that they're trying to uh get rid of you know we're we're all just trying to escape what haunts us as people and however we decide to do that uh, for me for example if I like to slackline and that keeps me from thinking worse thoughts than I usually have
1: Uh, why? because slacklining for people uh, if you listen to other podcasts that were involved with you know that Slacklining is putting up a, a kind of strap, say between two trees, mm-hmm. and then the person, in effect, tight ropes only is really tight or not or slack, <laughs> slack um, rope. Whatever that is, it, it's not a rope though, right? It's it's uh, m- more of a, a, it's like a, a toe, strap, right?
0: Yeah, like a toe strap. Yes, you've seen those with the wenches and everything. It's essentially that, just more elastic.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, and Aiden is very good at performing on one of those lines. And you're saying that it that that slacklining for you is a com- compensation of sorts or not? Is that what
0: you said? A little bit. Okay. So when I first started slacklining, I was <clears throat> I want to say I was like 16. Yeah. Um damn it.
1: He dropped his water
0: bottle. <laughs> uh, I was sixteen, and I originally just wanted to do it because it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I don't know if I've talked about this a lot, but I was an exchange student in Italy for six months. Oh yeah, that yeah. sounds great. It on paper, <sighs> um, but I've I've been pretty open about this. I I really did not enjoy my time in Italy. I had a very rough time there. Wow. Um and. For when I got really good at slackline, that huge jump in skill that I had from being just barely able to walk to being able to jump up and down onto it. Right. Which has led me so much further down this path.
1: Sure. And you started that in Italy?
0: Uh, I started slacklining in the States uh, at home. But I brought... I was going to bring a Slackline with me to Italy, and I talked to my host sister about that beforehand. And then she was like, don't, because we're getting uh, the other host sister a Slackline as a birthday gift. Uh, Okay. So it just kind of worked out like that. So I ended up using theirs because she never wanted to. So Mm. that's on her. Um, (laughs) But... Uh, it was really hard for me in Italy just because I was, I was pretty depressed, I, I won't lie. I, so what was going on was that, uh, when I had just gotten there, uh, I got a Skype call from my sister to tell me that both my dogs had died.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that really kicked everything off, and then it was winter time when I was there, so... Yeah. That certainly didn't help me, uh and then i didn't I didn't do a lot, I couldn't do a lot there um and so the school didn't really care, and so I sat in the the very far back left corner of the same classroom Monday through Saturday because I had school on Saturdays mm-hmm. uh next to the heater and next to the window, and I would either sleep write or read and i did that for six months uh and then after school i would get to slackline and you know i'd finally get to do something that i really really enjoyed uh that kept me moving and really kept my mind off things and after that i would just go back home i would shower i would eat and then i would wait for the next day to start
1: So it helped you keep your mental balance, mm-hmm. slacklining did.
0: Ha, mental balance. Well. <laughs> and my physical. Yeah. Uh But yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, there was, I don't know, it was, it was a really long time for me there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And anything that really could help me pass the time was something that I treasured. Right. And something that was so unique and different- and, you know, it took so much for me to get to where I'm at right now and a lot of falling uh, <laughs> yeah, in addition imagine. to it. So it's it. I I have this almost therapeutic feeling when I slackline and when I can just be up on there and, you know, I have to focus so much on my balance and what I'm doing that, you know, I just I can't think of anything else.
1: Did you find that when you were successful at the slacklining and you weren't slacklining but something bad happened maybe or something that uh, made you feel like depression was coming on that you in some way medicated yourself and that's the wrong word but you remedied your possible slide into depression by thinking of your success as a slackliner, was it some kind of armor against the unfortunate occurrences in your life and and, and made you more balanced, would you say, or not? Mm, you know, that's... Well, it seemed to, that you were saying that, but maybe not.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's close. I don't know... So personally, for me, if I feel like I'm slipping into that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I I you know, I try to think of all the good things in my life and right. obviously slacklining and my skill at that has been uh, part of it anyway. part of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the the thought of my success on the slackline is definitely one of those good things that I try to keep in mind, but it's really the actual act of being on the line that really helps me uh you know, accept things and it helps me just kind of refocus my own self and reevaluate and move on from something or just give me some time to, to really reflect on things. And, uh, I really like it when I'm alone and I slackline, I love to slackline with friends. Uh, and I like to teach people how to do it just because I have such a passion for it, but when I'm alone, I've got my headphones in, and uh, I've just got my jams going, and I'm just trying to teach myself some new tricks, and I just forget about everything. I've got this complete sensory deprivation, almost, uh, where m- my eyes, I only see slackline. Uh, I've got the music in, so there's I can't hear anything around me, and my all I feel is the line and sometimes <laughs> the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's, and it, it gets really hard in the winter months when I can't slack line just because it's too cold. And you got, I do it barefoot personally. I refuse to do it with shoes. Mm. Um. And so, you know, you just got to keep on thinking, you know, there's going to be another day that I can do it. And, Maybe it's not today. Maybe it's not tomorrow or next week or anything like that. But I know at some point I'm going to get back on that line. And it's it's all going to be okay again.
1: I think I can relate to it for hiking. Because yeah. being out in the mountains and being above the tree line in the so-called alpine yeah. environment, there's something about the wind. I mean, there are smells associated. There was certainly lots of phenomenal views. I think there's a certain heart-pumping demand on the body that makes you feel alive also. Yeah. And you would have that, I think, on the slack lines Yeah, absolutely. But it's something that that I've needed my whole life. And then you try to talk to people, like from the East Coast or something, where they don't understand the mountains anyway, Mm. and they cannot, and why would they? They, they they can't envision the environment that I'm talking about and much less understand somebody developing an absolute need mm. to mm-hmm. be in that circumstance. And uh, yeah, I know that idea of thinking, oh, when's the next time I'm going to be up there because I need it. And there are other ways, too, for me that walking has always filled that role. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, hiking has been, you know, something that's been huge in my life, you know, ever since I was a kid, and so I totally understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Um, there's just something so magical about the green that you see, and then you you think you're small, and then you see just this massive expanse of land. That you have traversed, and you despite you being small, you know it's you feel big having done that, you feel like you've conquered something, and not only the physical trail itself and the mountain, but you've conquered you know your own mind, and kind of like what you're what you were talking about, how hiking has been you know very therapeutic for you, yeah, do you think that has a lot to do with? That feeling of being big, the conquering of the trail, or what about it exactly is?
1: Let's see. Trying to put that into words, um, I don't think I can really put it into words without getting spiritual a little bit. Well, because um, and let's separate out the idea of the spiritual realm. Okay. Although I, (laughs) I happen actually to believe that it exists. At these high elevations where there's really nothing around but ridge top after ridge top and occasional snow capped peak mm-hmm. and naked rock and sometimes wildflowers and just the most exquisitely rough terrain you would ever want. Yeah, there are spirits there. Yeah, when things are quiet and you're sitting there, you, I do feel certain entities. Okay. Yeah. But more than that, I think, and this is, you know, maybe a fancy way to talk about accomplishment. But what I like about being up there is, and is this, you tell me if this is too vague, that um, just. I am satisfied in my knowing of it, that I appreciate this. And uh, and I guess it also gets to a kind of spirituality that I know this. This is mine in a way, because I appreciate it so much. And I don't really care if the... A well, wildflower season is over and everything's dried out now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any difference to me because it's still welcoming. Very right. much so. Yeah. You know.
0: So it it allows you to escape a sense of uncertainty in your life. Yeah, it does. So and it 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 allows you to have some solid I know this. Yes. This is what I know. This is what I understand and this is what keeps me from feeling mysterious essentially well thank you i mean i I, (laughs) you're
1: it's a kind of certainty that i think of as 100 positive and i can embrace it Mm -hmm. and i can say this for sure is a positive part of me Mm -hmm. and i'm able to observe it it's really not in me but in a sense it actually is In me, I've incorporated it. This is part of my memory bank, and going back up here again and again, feasting on the just infinite variety of the scenery um, is home in a way, psychologically. In a way, yeah,
0: I love that. That's I know how that feels. There's, um, oh, what is it, Salmon Creek. Uh, oh,
1: yeah, that trail up at Hood?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know it? Yeah, I do. You're I ahead. love that one. Uh, it's nice, simple, short, um, and it goes along the river the whole time. Honestly, I think that hike is better when it's raining.
1: Oh, sure. There's a very Japanese garden effect. Mm. To the droplets on the green leaves. Yeah. You know?
0: And there's so much tree cover there that uh, you can hear all of the rain everywhere. Yeah. And if it's like a torrential downpour, sure, you'll feel it but you won't feel it as much as you're hearing it Mm -hmm. because all those trees are catching everything. And it's just, it's incredible. And then the river of course is beautiful.
1: Yeah. It's so clear and broad and shallow. I mean, it's just, just
0: spectacular. Uh, at the end of Salmon Creek, I believe it might not be the end, uh, or at least at one section, there is a giant fallen tree. Uh, and it's, Log is sticking out. I want to mm-hmm. say like twenty some odd feet over the river.
1: Oh yeah. Have you ever
0: Have you ever seen that?
1: Um, I don't remember seeing it. It is. I have only been up Salmon Creek once. Oh along with okay. One friend. Yeah. My big hike is Silver Star Mountain, and yeah. then O'Lally Butte is another one. There. I I do have some favorite ones, and Salmon Creek is something I just discovered recently really
0: okay yeah they, that yeah. makes sense it's not it's not very well known yeah um it's known enough that i see a lot of people on there all the time but... right
1: there's a lot of cars part at least the day we were there yeah a lot of cars was it a weekend
0: oh yes Ah, oh, that explains it sure yeah. <laughs>
1: well it's true everywhere i mean you got to go well uh, the the columbia gorge is being loved to death in my view i mean but then i was hiking it in the 70s man you could do one of the you could Do Mount Defiance uh, or Dog Mountain Mm -hmm. or Hamilton and never ever not see another person all the while and now uh, at Dog Mountain you got to take a shuttle because the parking lot is filled as of 8 in the morning. Oh
0: my god. Yeah,
1: it's sort of a nightmare to me but in fairness to reality after all it is beautiful how could I decide to deny anyone the uh, option i the only (laughs) the only downside is that they're not when it's a crowd up there no one is going to experience what you can experience when you're alone that's true you know there's when the spirits come out that's when the true i don't know visceral power and spiritual nature of hiking really comes and lays itself out to you.
0: Yeah, Yeah. is when you can finally experience the conquering of the top and get that spiritual energy flowing through into you.
1: Yeah, it is an energy. It's an energy. It's just a power that you gain by being there.
0: There's it. I don't know. It's something weird about landscapes, because I feel like if I watch a river, I'm far more enthralled in watching this river move or this massive landscape before me than most other forms of entertainment mm-hmm. I'll have to admit um and so I don't what is so uh, enticing is one word that I want to call it but capturing what makes all of that so Capturing In, or enthralling, yes, In,
1: enthralls you, yes, because it it affects all your senses. I okay, mean, your, yeah, your skin, whatever the sensorial capacity of flesh to experience mm-hmm. the exterior world. Yeah, that's there. You got your vision. You got noises. You've got bird calls. You've got the wind in your ears. Um, you've got the olfactory issue. If the, mm-hmm. it just There's a really pleasant smell, and it's partly freshness, but it can also be pine needles or flowers or stuff that I don't even know what it is.
0: Right. There's so many things yeah. mixed together. The variation is impossible to decipher.
1: Just embrace, ah, if you give yourself to that experience, <laughs> I mean... I don't, I really, for me, I don't think there's anything better. And nothing that can engulf me Mm -hmm. on that level. And that's being enthralled, I would say,
0: for sure. That's beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait to go on my next hike now. (laughs) I'm so glad the weather's turning out. Um, But unfortunately, that is just about our time. So... Uh, Jim, what is your top three hikes?
1: I have to say that uh, Silver Star Mountain, and uh, not that this public endorsement is going to draw a lot of people to the top (laughs) of Silver Star, but Silver Star Mountain north of uh, Washougal, Washington, where your view of Rainier and Adams and St. Helens and Hood and Jefferson is just unsurpassed. Okay, yeah. is that gorgeous? That's my favorite one. And then Olali Butte, which is a volcano that never reached glacial mountain status. But it's right between Mount Hood and uh, Mount Jefferson. There's a little peak called Olallie Butte. And when you hike it, then it feels like you are right on Jefferson. Ooh. It's just like you have a front row seat to Mount Jefferson. And it's, I mean, it's uh, spectacular. And then I guess, um, well, some gorge hike. Mm, yeah, I know what it is. Table Mountain. Okay. Table Mountain is a very, very difficult hike in the Columbia Gorge. It's just to the east of Hamilton Mountain. Mm -hmm. It looks surreal. I mean, it's very, very high. It looms above the gorge, and it's got a flat top. It looks like oh, man, this is the last world. There could be dinosaurs up here because <laughs> no one ever has been to the top. You know, of course, that's not true, but yeah. it looks like that. <laughs> it feels like Yeah, it. and it's really, really a steep climb, and it's dangerous. Uh, it is actually life-threatening uh, because they closed the Safer Trail because the erosion was so bad, so now you got to go the back way. And the trail, for reasons I don't really understand, leads you right up to a 400 foot drop oh my god yeah and that definitely gets your attention yeah uh but it's the rewards of that hike it's like a park (laughs) yeah on the top and then you you go to the gorge side overlooking the columbia river and man there's this insane drop not 400 feet it's like a thousand plus Ooh. sheer drop yeah but it's uh it's just a gorgeous
0: hike i'll have to check it out what was the name of it again
1: table mountain table it's on mountain. the washington side and it's just west and north of Bonneville dam good to know good to know
0: good to know Well, that's our time for today. This has been Inherently Human, episode 27. Yep. Uh, My name's Aiden DeBoard.
1: I'm Jim Newman.
0: And thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I know we had a couple of uh, weird technical issues, but (laughs) we appreciate your uh, patronage anyways. And um, we hope that you go on some kick-ass hikes and enjoy yourself in this new... Well, Mayweather. May I hope we can yeah. just immediately date ourselves. But Mayweather, enjoy it. Enjoy some hikes. Enjoy the weather. Uh, have fun. Be safe. And make good choices.
1: And by all means, be back for episode <laughs> 28.
0: Hell yeah. 28 on our way.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs>